Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 12.33 in evidence. Special thanks again to Wayne Gretzky now with TNT for joining us as a surprise guest in the first half hour of the show. Talked a bit about Joey Moss, of course. Joey, uh, through Wayne's connection with Vicky, no- Vicky Moss, uh, that's that's how he became part of the Oiler family. It wasn't just Joey, it was Steve Moss, who we lost a couple years ago to brain cancer as well. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving a night of the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. On top of, uh, hey, it's the greatest steak you've ever had, Roos Chris. In fact, they, 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 I think they got a Gretzky piece of memorabilia right above the bar at Roos Chris, if I recall. Uh, it, on top of today being the 49th anniversary of Where Were You in 72, it is also Grant Fuhr's birthday today. Wow. And Dustin Penner's. And I'm expecting some texts coming in from those left to center on Dustin Penner who don't like his politics because he's he's got some interesting perspectives on things, to say the least. All right. So does our next guest. Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Catch the Alberta Breeders Fall uh, Classic this Saturday at Century Mile. It features seven races for Alberta bred horses only, plus live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday, post time 6.15. Mark Spector, where were you in 72? I was at Robert Rundle in uh, grade one, uh, watching that in class. Do you recall where you were? Yeah, I was in Miss Strange's grade two class in Glenora Elementary. Uh, where we watched the game on one of those toothpaste green TVs, you know, in that green public school paint they used on everything, (laughs) on the big tall stand with the little doors that opened up, black and white at the front of the room, yeah, watched the game. And I remember she sent me down after the game. You know, half the kids cared, half kids didn't. I was one that cared. And I can recall they sent me down to the gym to tell there was a class in gym. She said, run down and tell somebody's class that the Canada just won. And that was the big, the first time I was ever a reporter, Bob, in my life. (laughs) Well, in one of the rare times, you got something right. Yeah, there you go. I might have said Russia one. I can't remember. Uh, you know what, Speck? Wayne just shared something with us that I did not know. Uh, he tried to convince Team Canada in 2002 to have Canada on the back of their jerseys instead of the uh, players' names, but they weren't allowed to do so. Oh, that's based, cool. Yeah, that based, is cool. Based upon the IOC regulations. So, uh, obviously, it, it you know, it, it, 
the way it worked out, we were also able to get in a little bit of discussion about Joey Moss and the impact. It, uh, today we saw uh, photos out of the Oilers because uh, we're not e- going into the room, just so the listeners are aware. Uh, the media has access to what is known as the Hall of Fame room, which is adjacent to the Oilers dressing room. And uh, there is now a Joey Moss bust uh, near the Oilers room, but also uh, the jersey is uh, the, the, jer- the combination of the Edmonton Football Club, what was then known as the Edmonton Eskimos back in when Joey worked, and, and the Oilers. They've got a split jersey of him that's really uh, cool from the Edmonton Football Club and the Oilers. Pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know what? It, it's it's there's a lot of great players, and we're all used to rings of honors and things like that. And it's really cool that Joey Moss. You know, he's he's a big part of this thing, always has been. And I think it's just it's baseball for the organization. We all take our licks at the Oilers organization for this and for that because we think they should do this right or they should do that right, or whatever. But doing this one right, man, it's a it's a real classy touchy touching kind of deal but i haven't seen the statue up close but by the pictures i'm seeing it kind of looks like it's in a spot so when they're going out to the ice they can kind of high five joey uh, which i'm sure they did in real life for many many years so i think that's really cool bob yeah no question about it and, it's, and everybody does have opinions on uh, several aspects of the orders it's a talking point it's funny uh mark when you share some opinions on the air about other companies uh, and it's not always pleasant. And, and often we have discussions that, you know, where there's criticism directed the Oilers' way. And the on-ice performance over the course of the last several years has certainly provided uh, a, a lot in the old proverbial arsenal for people to do so. But when, when it gets reversed and, and you know, when you're, when you're uh, a talking head for the Oilers Entertainment Group and you comment about a, a company, that you, oh, well, wait, actually, we don't do that. Because invariably, it always gets back to me if I say something. You know, there, there's a fairly prominent uh, uh, grocer, I'll, I'll name, that has had a change of ownership in the last three or four years. They're not as good as they used to be. But I'm not going to name who it is. They just they're simp- Their attention to detail is not as good. It's challenging. And we have great... Uh, great appreciation for the people that are in that industry but to me it's at a corporate executive level where they're trying to save money but i don't name them because people uh well hey, you, you said this uh, right and that but when it comes to the orders it's fair market and fair game and that yep. is that is going to transition into there's fans in the building tonight and mark i miss the fans you missed they're a huge part of it they're a massive part of it and they're back in the building tonight under uh, the guise of what the province of Alberta came up with, combined with an exemption that's in effect, and the, the orders organizations tried to make things as safe as possible, and a reminder, you need proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test in the previous 72 hours just to get into the premises. Give me your thought on your expectations tonight with the fans. Well, I'm, I'm quite interested, you know. I'm quite interested to see what, what impact... Uh, you know, the COVID, uh, the current fourth wave, all of that has. We're just so useful to watching, going into an Oilers game and seeing, you know, over 18,000 people there. It's just like, uh, it's just you open the doors and in they come, right? That's the way it's been for years since they opened Rogers Place. Um, but, you know, in Calgary last week, their last game, they announced 8,500 people, right? Basically, let's call that about not even 55% or 50% full. Uh, I get it. First exhibition game, I understand all that. But nonetheless, 
I, I don't know what to expect, Bob. Uh, the, the Oilers aren't. You know, I, I don't expect the Oilers to tell me um, how many boxes have they sold, how many companies said, you know what, we're out this year, how many new companies came in that were on a waiting list. I don't know any of that stuff. How many, how many people that are, are more virus aware and and you know, germaphobe the, today than they were two years ago have changed their mind on tickets. How many of those tickets that didn't get bought got picked up by someone else? All of that's a mystery. Uh, it's a wide open template. I'm I'm fascinated on opening night to see, and the, particularly the second and third and fourth home games. Is it just going to be 18-5 every night like the way it's always been, or are we entering some kind of a new reality? I don't know the answer, Bob. Do you? I don't have the answer to any of that stuff. I don't know. <laughs> And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. The, like I don't, Mark. I don't know where we're at. I mean, uh, I I know you know I know that uh, the Oilers Entertainment Group, who full disclosure for the seven thousand four hundred thirty third time, uh, I work for. I know the Oilers Entertainment Group's lost a hell of a lot of money over the course of the last two years as a result. That we know. That I know that know. I know that there are a ton of private sector industries hospitality industry that have been really and in fact mark only because i i went to twitter this morning and we'll, we'll get to some of the stuff on the orders uh lineup and the storylines and and the reality there isn't as much as there's been in the past because it's a way better built team this year especially at forward but i happened to to to, to hop on twitter and i saw oh what's his name uh the writer from the net rex murphy's name up okay and mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. He's getting pounded by the far left. And he had a couple points in his um, column today, the National Post, when, you know, talking about why there had maybe been um, a little bit of distrust for the government over the course of all things that have occurred here, Mark. And there was a specific line in it, and I'm gonna now. I'm pulling it up on the fly, which makes for really bad radio because I'm not. I just spur of the moment we went down that path, but it really was an interesting comment to me. And I, by the way, what do you think of Rex Murphy? Do you think he's an old dog, or do you think that he's an old dog? He's got a strong opinion. I don't always agree with him. I'm not supposed to. You know what? He's another voice out there. Then he's a strong one. He's made a good living in our business, so you won't hear me. We calling him out. Like I say, you're not supposed to agree with us calling us all the time. If you do, we're not very good. Here is the line in his P. As we sit here and uh, the building is open tonight and everybody's got their opinion on it, and uh, we're sitting here the last, as of yesterday afternoon, 83% of all 12-plus Albertans have got a single shot. 73.8% of all Albertans have got are fully vaccinated. I will tell you that it's considerably higher in the cities, in places like Edmonton and Calgary, than it is in rural Alberta. That's just the reality of the situation. So we here's a private industry that's basically been, the business has been, you know, in large part in, in significantly impacted by COVID. Here's what Rex Murphy wrote today. There's another discrepancy, too, in that we're not all in this to get. So he writes this today. He's talking about the fact that people look at things from a different perspective. Um, There's discrepancies in the applications of closures and lockdowns. Necessary services were allowed to operate. Grocery stores, trucking, and curiously, big box stores, but unnecessary services were to close. Gyms, barbershops, shoe stores. Indeed, any retail outlet, big or small, that didn't belong into a chosen category uh, were to close totally. And people were urged or ordered to stay away from work unless, of course, they were prime example clerks in the grocery and food outlets. Then Rex said there's another discrepancy, too. 
Um, and this one, financial, and it never has to this moment received the full attention it should have. All civil servants, teachers, those on public contract remained on permanent payroll, while those in the private sector, even with the SERB payments and other federal assistance, were being brutalized by these closures. So he wrote it, he said it. I don't know how much it gets talked about. All I know is I'm happy as hell to see fans back in Rogers Place tonight. And, and yes, I worked for the company that uh, assisted in building this arena and obviously benefits from having fans here. But, Mark, there's another reason why I'm happy to – because it's a sign we're getting closer. And you know what? Some people say, stop. Why did you even need to talk about the pandemic? But the reality is it's impacted everybody. And here – like some people say, I just want to get back to sports. I just want sports to be sports. And then there's other people that say – God, there's no damn way you guys should be open right now. Like, seriously, that's the range that we have out there. It's a pretty interesting dichotomy, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, I wonder uh, if some of those protest-type people will uh, be hanging around the rink tonight. That I don't know, Bob, but I'm looking forward to a, uh, a hockey game. I'm looking forward to the fans. I'm looking forward to seeing Zach Hyman on a power play unit with Dreisaitl and Barry and uh, McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I think that we're about to see tonight, we're going to get a look at the fir- our first look at Hyman and McDavid together. Um, you know, it's pretty tough. How do you improve in a power play that's been best in the league for the last two years? Well, I'm not sure if they haven't improved on that power play. they got a guy working down low that's awfully good. And, and as uh, Dave Tippett said, I was it yesterday or this morning, and he said, Jesse Pugliarvi is also going to get a lot more power play work this year too. So, um, it might be a fun team to watch this year, Bob. I'm looking forward to the start of it. Yep, there's no question. Uh, this text comes in. I remember when the show was a safe haven dedicated to hockey and Oilers talk. Now I dread the constant snide far-left comments. It's divisive and pointless, and I consider myself a centrist. Nobody listens for the stuff. Well, no, there's there's very few far-left comments, just so you know. Uh, get vaccinated. That's what the one that we constantly ha- hammer away at. That would be, if you want things to be normal, get vaccinated. Is that far left? I don't think so. All right. Uh, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Mark, when we come back, we're going to do it. We are going to do it. We're going to get into specifics on the actual team. That's right. But again, you're happy to see the fans here. Is that right? Oh, come on, Bobby. Let's go. Like, you know, listen, outside of the COVID conversation, and it's a very valid one, uh, I'm just looking forward to a good hockey game with some fans. And if fans who don't want to come, you won't catch me sniping them. If you don't want to come, that's fine. If you do want to come, you're welcome to come. Join me at the building. It's going to be a fun night tonight at the ring. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk Oilers for the next 10 minutes and then have a look. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save 40% site-wide. 40% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. A little bit of a, de- well, not a, how about an educational conversation about a member of the Seattle Kraken just after one o'clock. You're listening to orders now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers in the Seattle Kraken tonight. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Again, we do want to mention to you that uh, the Alberta Breeders Fall Classic takes place Saturday at Century Mile featuring seven races for Alberta bred horses only plus live thoroughbred racing which takes place Friday and Saturday post time 6.15 Alright Mark let's get to the specifics Smith and Koskinen in goal uh, we're going to see Nurse and Barry uh, on uh, defense we are also going to see uh, Broberg play another game Bouchard as well but up front, maybe the big storyline being back in the house with fans back in the building. The Oilers' top two lines, but David Hyman and Paul Yarvey, Drysaddle, RNH, and Yamamoto. Your thoughts on the Oilers ringing out, uh, ringing in the uh, the new season, at least preseason style, with some of the big guns going. Well, I think what Dave Tippett said this morning, what he's trying to do is he wants to work his power play, right? So he needs all the power play guys playing tonight. So, you know, that's the, that's the main thing. He's got four home games and four road games. Uh, I think you'll see certainly early on, you'll see the big boys and the, the power play players, which is basically your top two lines, right? Uh, you got to have those two lines in the game if you're going to get your power play in shape. And you got to have Barry and uh, at least Barry and maybe Nurse two in the point. So that's why he's loading up. You load up the veterans, play home games. That's how it works. You'll see a, a skinnier lineup in Winnipeg tomorrow night. No question about it. And I would say to you that maybe, Bob, that last preseason game in Vancouver, that might be the place where you see you know, that may be Connor McDavid's only road trip all all preseason, frankly. Um, but that's why he's doing it. He's, he's dressing his big boys so he can run the power play out there, and I get it. He's trying to coach a team here. You asked me how the power play can improve. I do think the power play can improve. I realize they have the best three in a 1-3-1 formation in the league, Mark, because they've got McDavid, Drysettle, and Nugent Hopkins, and Nugent Hopkins has always been an elite power play performer. He's he's you know been a very average, some would say below average, five-on-five player, but he's awesome on the power play. Uh, no team in the league can match McDavid, Drysettle, Nugent Hopkins in the three, that one three one formation. Net front, I think Hyman's going to be better than Neil and, and Chase on. I like well, Alex Chase on. He's a great guy, but in terms of puck retrieval ability, tenacity on the puck, Zach Hyman's pretty good in that role, Mark, in Toronto. Yeah, no, Zach Hyman is a better player than James Neal uh, at this stage of his career, and it's, it's Alex Chase on. There's no question about that. So, yeah, they did find a way to improve. I mean, I don't know, Barry, you know, I suppose you could find a guy with a harder shot than Barry. Barry's got a good shot. They have one uh, on their own team. Mark. I know, Bouchard that does. But, I mean, I guess my question sort of becomes, like, okay, let's all agree they've improved on the low man, uh, the net front presence. Bear, uh, Hyman's an improvement. 
so that's great. Um, is you know, there's a lot more to run in that power play up there than just shooting the puck. But if if a guy like uh, Bouchard can learn the running the power play part, he's definitely got a bigger bomb than Barry does. So, listen, man, like we're improving on a unit that was first in the league for two years running. Are you going to be more first? <laughs> like, how much better are they going to get? Is my point. Uh, it's a huge advantage for Edmonton. Uh, it's going to carry him through the regular season. But as we learned, can't rely on that in the power play because or in the in the playoffs because you don't get as many power plays as you did in the regular season, right? Well, even the game the other night, like they called one early. First, Zadorov cleared the front of the net. They called him right away, and they didn't to me seem too assertive in calling too many more box outs. Oh, how many power plays did Edmonton get down in Calgary? Like seven? They had seven. Cal- Calgary yeah, well, got frustrated. Edmonton Seems won. like a lot to Mark, me. Mark, it was a strange game. Like the Oilers, Calgary came out banging in the first 10 or 12 minutes. They had the more veteran team dress. The Oilers had a bunch of young quick guys going, and they just took the game over and played with way more discipline. The Flames looked slow in that game. But it's just preseason. And that's the thing. It's just preseason, but we're going to see McDavid, Hyman, and Paul Yarvey together. And we're going to see Drysaddle, Aaron H, and Yamamoto, who many fans, Mark, would say last year, they didn't play enough together. Uh, yeah, they will. Some fans would say that. Uh, listen, I, I, you know, this is what it's about here, right? Uh, Tippett's going to look at all these guys. He's going to look at different guys in different spots. Uh, really, that spot next to Drysaddle on the right side is the only place where you could argue the orders aren't necessarily playing a legitimate top six player, right? I'm talking, you know, Koyarvi, McDavid, Hyman, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins. Those are five guys that on 32 teams in the league, right? They're top six players, in my opinion. People would argue on Paul Yarby. I'm not arguing on Paul Yarby, the top six player now. Have you now. ever come around on Paul Yarby? Well, because he's come around. I'm not coming around. He's a way better player, and I can see a ton upside Mark. here that wasn't visible before. Mark, I'm so a... That's another, that's another topic. So my point is, if yeah. you let me finish, that spot that Yamamoto inhabits, that's the one place that's kind of open. You know, Cassian might look at that spot. Yamamoto might look at that spot. Uh, there's other guys that are kind of keeping their eye on that spot, so let's see where it goes. My apologies for interrupting. Okay. Uh, I was going to say it was like the invasion of the body snatchers turn with Paul Yarby. Not even I, and I'm as optimistic as there is about Oilers prospects, not even I saw that type of it, the way he played. Not that he produced what he produced. I thought he might be able to do that, but the way he played. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting with Yamamoto. You know, he's... It was good he got in here before training camp started. I just want to say that. I know he didn't get the deal he was looking for on a bridge, but he's clearly improved his shot, and he wouldn't shoot last year. So we'll see how that goes. Now, there are a couple storylines, and we're going to stick to sort of the orders, and then we're going to hit on a former order coming up after 1 o'clock. But a couple storylines on the left side. Perlini and Benson are both in. They're both basically battling for fourth-line left wing. You wrote Perlini yesterday. You know all about ben Benson. Give me your assessment of where we're at. Well, the, we're uh, the second of eight preseason games where they're going to sort this thing out. That's where we're at. You know, uh, Perlini's, you know, Perlini's making seven fifty here in a one-year deal, and Benson is in his first year of requiring waivers. And I think you know, I was talking to a scout yesterday who works out of Vancouver, and he was talking about Benson, and and Benson's that guy that. 
you know, he might need to be a top six. He's got uh, some top six skills. He thinks like a top six guy. He's got top six hands. He may not have top six feet, Bob. But he's not going to be a top six player at Edmonton anytime soon. I mean, that's pretty clear. So he's that guy that on another team in the league, they might be a little shy on top six left-wingers. And he may get a look from them. So, you know, I know a lot of guys get through waivers right after training camp because it's a lot of players going through. But... Uh, you know, Benson's, they're going to give Benson a long look before they put him on that waiver wire because they might only get one shot putting him on the waiver wire. They might never see him again. He's, uh, to me, he's going to be, I'm going to go on record right now. I believe, unless he's awful in the preseason, I believe Tyler Benson's going to be on the team and maybe on the team for 35, 40 games here. Before. That'd be great. Just, I think they need to know, which puts Perlini in a tougher spot. Uh, the other thing I'll mention, Perlini's a $250,000-a-year player in the minors. Benson's at 100 k Okay? Do the math. If you do claim him and then you ultimately move the player down, who's cheaper? Right? I just I think that Benson, even though there's only a two-year difference in age, three-year difference in terms of hockey experience, I have uh, – no, two-year difference. They're, they're drafted two years apart. I, I think that Benson would get claimed on waivers. I don't know if Perlini would. So I'll be intrigued to see what happens there. Does Colton Sevier have a chance to make the team here because of what's going on with Archibald? Yeah, that's the reason that he's got a chance to make the team is because of what's going on with Archibald, in my opinion. Uh, I think if Archibald plays for this team, probably Colton Sevier doesn't. Um, you know, so yes, he's he might be, he might be, Bob, in the right place at the right time, Colton Sevier. Uh, you know, he's that hard player in the bottom six that Edmonton lacked. You know, they kept running out guys like, like I like Gaetan Haas, but he wasn't a hard player. Right. You know, he wasn't a fourth-line NHL guy. Uh, what's the Swedish kid's name? Nygaard. Uh, he wasn't a hard player at, by any means. He was very easy to play against, right? Uh, the Oilers lack, when we talk about the lack of their bottom six, A, they didn't produce enough points when the, in the clutch last year. But B, they weren't hard enough to play against. You got to do something down there. You're you're bottom six guy. You got to play like a bottom six guy. That's one thing Colton Sevier is and does. He's a bottom six guy. And he plays like it. Mark, what was the line your your grandmother used? Something about that you used on Friday's show. <laughs> my my mother-in-law, Wanda Fedora, out of Forestby, Alberta. Uh, she would call something that was anticlimactic, something that got built up, and we all thought it was going to be great, and then nothing happened. She'd call it an ass full of wind. Man, right. she'd say, that was an ass full of wind, Bob. I won't say who the hockey coach was, but he used to talk uh, He used to talk about guys that were quick but didn't get much accomplished on the ice and got run over uh, because of their lack of size in hockey, farts in the windstorm. And, uh, and it, you know what? Unfortunately, it, it you know, when, you, when I looked at Nygaard. My hope was there might be something there offensively, but and maybe he just kept on getting hurt too much that it never ever came to uh, fruition. But it was Shore and 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 uh, Sevier, uh, theoretically, the Oilers would have two guys that could play as 12, 13 forwards and can play yeah. multiple different forward positions. Yeah, that's and, right. And they're experienced guys that have each had um, two or more seasons spec of 10-plus uh, goals. So they can contribute a little. Uh, yeah, and you know what? How long do we have to watch playoff hockey and not come to agreement on what it takes to win in the playoffs? Yes. Right? How long do we have to watch big teams win and small teams not win? 
before we go, you know what? I, I don't need all my top six. I don't care how tall Connor McDavid is. Even though he's a good size. I don't care. He's so productive, it doesn't matter. But beneath him, the support system beneath him, the defense, they need bigger people. Big teams win, little teams don't win. That's just the way hockey is. You've got to come to accept it and build your team that way. We've had Wayne Gretzky and Mark Spector uh, on the show in the first hour. Talk about a range of guests. When we return, uh, more respect. We'll talk a bit about Adam Larson. And uh, lots to get to after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. It's 1259 in Edmonton. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.